Firstly, I just want to um, apologise to Rochelle who spent time adjusting my PowerPoint not once, twice and then when I got here she adjusted it again and said to me on Sunday, I don't think this is what you're going to be speaking. And I said, yeah, no, nah, it is. And no, it's not. <laughs> and so I sort of apologise for all the work you've just done in the last half an hour uh, because I'm sure I'll get round to speaking about that message at some point because it's now the second time I've gone to deliver this message and he keeps speaking. And it's really funny because the last time I went to speak it, um, I was going to speak about how important it is to hear him very boomy, mate, are to hear him and then do what he asks you to do. And so once again, he's just slightly realigned this, and so I'm just being obedient to that. Um, so Kirk said something uh, at nine o'clock, we gather around his name. And I want to talk about people of personhood rather than person of principle or people of principle. Because we don't come here for a meeting. If we come here for a meeting, then that mindset brings with it thought patterns. So when we gather during the week in discipleship, we don't gather for meetings. We gather around the name. See, if you gather around a meeting, you can be late for a meeting, can't you? You can cancel meetings. You can postpone meetings. Meetings have a mindset with them and they turn up. But when you gather around the name, as a family, when we come here and we come together in the name, around the name of Jesus, then that comes with it a completely different mindset. We come to engage. We come to be imparted into. We come to give. We come to bring our offering. We actually come prepared. We come with something to bring to him and to others. They are two completely different mindsets. One is of flesh, one is of spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today because God's calling us and if I can just reiterate again what he is doing here, he is taking us from being people of principle which is right and good but into people of personhood. There is an amount of life that is associated with principles and they are right and they are good. But the principles are to lead us to the person. So when we say, and Jesus, well, when Jesus said, I am the truth, he's saying, it's me. It's me that sets you free. There is an amount of life in the principle, but it's me that sets you free. And principles get you so far, but they don't lead you into the fullness of life. The principle, in my experience so far, is external of me. I apply a principle and I see it work. I lay hands on someone and I see someone healed. That does not mean that I'm changed. That does not mean that I know him anymore. I can do all that and I'm not altered one bit myself. I may have more faith and more encouragement and that's awesome, but the life in me isn't necessarily altered. And what God's been doing here over six years is taking us from being people of principle into people of personhood. See, the principle is a means to the person. 
But too often in Christianity, we just stop at the principle and we think the principle is the end. But the principle is there to lead us into the personhood. And that's what I really want you to hear today. The principles of God are to lead you into the personhood of God. It's in the personhood of God within you that your life actually starts to shift and change. Your life, what's in you and I, the kingdom of God being formed and established within our hearts and minds so we become the substance, Christ in us, strong, built on power, built on Him, so when the external comes and it challenges us, what's in us speaks to that. That's true overcoming. And that's what Terry just prayed. It doesn't matter what's happening around the world, it doesn't alter what is in me. Because what's happening in the round the world isn't the life source that I'm depending on. It's not my life source or where I'm eating from. That is perishing. I'm eating of an eternal food source which builds me for eternity. It's building me for an eternal reality. Does that make sense? Because I'm eating from the personhood, the Christ. Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood and you will have life in you. It's another food source. And it's of the eternal value and realm, not this planet. That's why you see in Scripture God saying, get your eyes off the earth and into the eternal where the true food source is, the Christ. And for too long the church has just lived in principle. And we think that's where it finishes. If I see things happen through me, that's it. No, God wants to do a work in you and through you. God wants to do a work in me and through me. And so that's what I want to look at. But we gather around the person. And I was just in Acts and... I saw that in John and Peter. And they say to that blind man, silver and gold we do not have, but the person that we know, we give you. The authority, which doesn't come through a principle or a position or a title, it comes through the person we know. It says these men were untrained. In Acts 4, unschooled. But what the religious system took note, it said they were with him. You see, in the system, we think we know it if we know the principles. But these men are untrained in principle, they're untrained. Yes, they grew up with a certain level of knowledge as Jewish people, but really, they don't know it. They don't know him. But the Bible says they these other people identified that they'd hung around with him. And we're going to read that and they had a confidence. See, your confidence is not found in principle, it's found in the person. So yes, principles are important, but they are to lead us. It's like our marriages, our physical marriages aren't the end. They are to lead us into the spiritual marriage. But once again, we spend and think when we get married, that's it. That's the purpose of marriage and we think the purpose of marriage is to have kids. No, it's not. The purpose of marriage, firstly, is for the two to become one because it's preparing you for your eternal marriage with the Christ. 
that's a bit different mindset. So you get that in your thinking, all of a sudden everything starts to shift. The way you see your marriage is completely different if that becomes the greater picture that you're now living for. And so as we enter into the personhood of Christ, all of a sudden the truth starts coming alive in us. And it's phenomenal. So just come with Acts 4.13. Acts 4 verses 13. And if you've been here over the last few weeks, you'll know I've been speaking about the power of God. And we know the disciples were and have just been filled with the power of God. The Holy Spirit has come upon them. And pre that case, we see them really sort of all over the place, getting a few things right, getting a few things wrong, but certainly not living like this, like they are now here in Acts 4. And that's why the power of God is so important in our relationship with him, one another, and the world. That's why it's so important that we have come into and are living from, and everything that's done is done from the power of God operating within us. Because that's the life source in which followers live. Otherwise, we're trying to generate our own power and our own strength and wondering why Christianity just seems so hard. Because it is. When we're trying to live in our own strength, Christianity is hard, really hard. Because you're fighting against the goad of self, aren't we? Die, I want to live, that's hard. Get power of God in you, Holy Spirit baptised, trumps you. Now I have the life source to lay that, live that principle out. I've gone from principle to person. The person, I'm living from person, not principle. Completely different. And that's what we're going to look at. But here we see in Acts 4, so this is where Peter and John, they're arrested from follow, for following Christ. And I would encourage you to go have a look at Acts 3 and 4 in your own time and have a look at how many times in the name is mentioned. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name. Everything they do is in the name of the one they know. Not the principles they know, the person they know. And so here in Acts 4.13, now as they, the religious people, Pharisees, Sadducees, the ones that were trying to throw them in prison, observe the confidence of Peter and John. It's okay to be confident in Christ, yes? We are to be confident, assured in the hope we're hoping for. Strong in Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what I talked about before is this personhood reality, strong within me, but not in my strength, his strength in me. So they have this confidence, and these people have seen this confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. See, compared to them, they were. They studied. All these men had studied and studied and studied and studied. These men hadn't. Yeah, they'd learned a portion of growing up, but not to the measure that these men had learned and studied and knew. We know the principles. We just don't even recognize the person when he turns up. And that's a real big problem. Because you search the scriptures, 
by in means thinking, looking for eternal life, but I am the one of eternal life, and when I come, you miss me. That's why we need ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, because you can miss what the Spirit is saying, and that was my message today. So I'll throw it in a little bit. (laughs) Hear what the Spirit is saying. Believe what the Spirit is is saying, understand what the Spirit is saying, speak forth what the Spirit is saying, and then live out what the Spirit is saying. We're going to get to that at some point. So they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. So what do we gather? We're gathered to be with him. He's in me and he's growing me, him in me. But why I gather, I don't come to a service for a meeting. I don't come because I need to, because it's religious practice. I come and we come as a family together in the name. I'm hoping that's why we all come. Not because it's what you've always done in your home and it's like, oh, well, yep, like being part of the Rotary Club, we go along, we tick the box and we go again and we've done our little religious practice. That means nothing to him. If we don't engage, well, we really might as well never not be here. We come together in the name to have an impartation, to have an engagement. See those four our services, engagement, intimacy, impartation, empowerment. How many of us knows those words? That defines, hopefully, why we gather. So there's an engagement with him and one another. There's an intimacy, an intimate knowledge I'm gathering with him and one another. There's an impartation, something's imparted of the Spirit and I've received it. Around the person but not the principle. And like I've said, too many followers have been brought up with principles, but we've stopped. We quote the principle. The Bible says the truth will set me free. Struggling with this. Help me, Father. Because I'm quoting principle, but there's not a, there's a disconnect between that and my reality. So, Father, reveal the person, reveal the truth in me on the revelation of the person the church has built. Paul said, the things that have been freely given to me by the Holy Spirit, I speak of those things. The things given by the Spirit of God, not the agency of man. Paul was taught under the agency of man and it got him killing the church. When he got arrested by the Father, apprehended, and he started to be taught under the Spirit of God, God himself, the man starts living for the church. So the personhood, the personhood. Come with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1. Two Peter 1 verse 2. Okay, 
2 Peter 1 verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You could just stop there, couldn't you? Grace and peace be multiplied. Peace that guards my heart and my mind. Do not worry, be multiplied. Grace, understanding, coming into this power, be multiplied. Not just this little bit, but be multiplied. What's multiplied? Be multiple, 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 many, abundance. Man, this is how he starts. Seeing that his, God's divine power, that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? God's divine power has granted to us, the church, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. So life and godliness is pertained through the true knowledge. Does that mean there's a false knowledge? Yeah. False knowledge is our version of him. And it has its fruit. But true knowledge is who he is for who he is. And that also has its fruit. The truth will make you free if we're in true knowledge. And he's saying be multiplied in grace and peace, this power that pertains to all of godliness, godly living, living the right way, living the way he intends from his resource, not our own. It's just getting started here. Through the true knowledge who called us by his own glory and excellence. So he called you and I for by his own glory and excellence. God has called us. Chosen. If you don't believe that today, pray and ask him to reveal it in you. If that's a struggle to believe, then get on your knees and start screaming out to heaven and say, I want to believe that I've been called by you. You know why? Because the revelation of the person within you, you will no longer struggle with insecurities and fear when you know you are called from heaven to be part of his family. That is such a powerful revelation to receive. It's like, boom, I don't care what you think about me because I'm only caring what he thinks about me because he is God and you're not. I don't care if you think I'm ugly. I don't care if you think I'm this. I don't care if you think I'm that. I don't care. Why? I only care about him because he's the only one that I need to be caring about. Why? Because I know I'm called and I believe it because it's what he says about me. It's what he says about us. Radically realter our lives from within when the personhood of Christ is revealed. Because you can read that in principle and go, oh, that's lovely. Can't we? That's lovely. I'm loved by God. That's nice to know. But I just lived the way I've always lived. So you know the principle 
You know the principle that God loves you, you just don't know the personhood. You know, yes, I'm chosen, but you really don't know you're chosen, if that makes sense. Yes, I know we're called, but you don't really know you're called, because if you really know you're called, it changes the way you think, the way you speak, the way you act. All of a sudden, there's passion there that wasn't there before. All of a sudden, there's life there. Everything starts to make sense. Christianity actually starts to make sense. It doesn't look back to front. Why? Because you're now hearing it the right way. It's awesome. Okay, here we go. Verse 4. By these he has granted to us, say us, his precious and magnificent promises so that that's going to be my word for the year. So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Do you and I want to be partakers of the divine nature? See, so often we talk about the character of God because we are Western and our thinking is Westernized, but let's start with the nature of God. The character of God is holy. The nature of God is love. See the difference? Holy actually can put you in an unhealthy fear of the Lord. Oh, he's so holy, I can't come near him. But when you know love, love brings you into his presence even though we're all sinners. And it says we can partake of the divine nature, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. Does that sound like the fruit of the Spirit? Where's the fruit of the Spirit supposed to be? In us. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Much fruit. There's that word multiplied. Much again. But where do you come from? From the principles, the magnificent promises I've given you lead you into partaking of the divine nature. Jesus said, partake of my life. Partake, eat of me. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus tastes good this morning. Drink of me. No longer DB. No longer export. Steinlager. Direct rivers of living blood. That messed up the Jewish people, didn't it, in John 6? Why? Because their reference point was Deuteronomy. You don't drink of blood of an animal. And when Jesus said to them, drink of me my blood, they're like, what are you talking about? How can you be the Messiah? How can you be the bread of life? Why? Because they couldn't hear what the man was saying. They heard through their reference point of Deuteronomy. And went, that doesn't add up with what we know. No, because they only knew the principle. And when the person stood up and went, it's a new day. You've heard it, but I, today I say it's a new day. This is the way. And the Bible says many walked away and they said, who can listen to this man? And Jesus said, but these words are spirit and they are life. How do you work, walk away from God who is God who says, my words are spirit and life. You tell me they're not. Why? Because they are in the principle waiting the person, but the person already was there. And this is phenomenal to think that I can partake of the very nature that was in God and is God and have that in me. So what does that look like, Greg? That looks like me being able to truly love like Jesus. 
which is fulfilling the great commandment. Isn't it? Here's a commandment I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. Is that hitting you right now where it needs to hit you? The, the enormousness of what that is. That I will love you all like Jesus loves you. That is with a love that is patient. Why? Because the precious promises have led me into the nature, partaking of the nature. I have spent time looking, praying, asking for what is in front of me to be revealed in me. So now I and you are fully capable of actually fulfilling the commandment of God. That you would receive and I would receive from you a love that's patient. See, people pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. Pray for a revelation of God, love. Love is patient. See, this is who we've been called to be, guys. To be the vessel that actually demonstrates God on the earth. Imagine if we loved like that. Imagine if we all had a peace that guarded our hearts and our minds which is basically protecting any stuff getting in of hurt. And it just does this. Can you see now when Jesus said, meditate? Oh, it's just a book. I don't even read it. Who needs it? Well, if we want the fullness of life, the multiplied life, then God has given us himself in the pages of a book called the Bible for us to eat, that the principle would become living and the person would be formed in us. Galatians 4.19, where Paul said, I am in labor again until Christ is formed in you. But too often the church is just taught principle. Principle, 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 principle. This is how you do it. Give me the how-tos to the principle. Show me how to reach the lost word and principle I don't have the heart yet. I'm not consumed, but just give me principle. So I go out there and it's great. You know, I last maybe one or two times, but then persecution comes because they don't really like the principle. They're looking for the person. And I spout principle. I get a punch in the nose. And so well, I go straight back into my little cave and hide. Why? Because I've only got principle. But when you've got the person and the person's living in you with the principle, you're out there every week. Why? Because the person is driving your life. The person's inspiring life. It's not you anymore. It's him in you. So he says we can partake of this divine nature, having established the corruption that is in the world by lust. Man. So you're going to tell me the more this is in me, the less lust is going to have a hold on me. I'm not talking about pornography now. I'm talking about the lust of the flesh, self. Me wanting to control me, me wanting to be boss, me wanting it my way and not others or his way. Me, 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 me. Which stops us coming into his life. Because we say, yeah, I want to change, but I want it my way. I'll serve, but I serve my way. I'll do everything, but I'm just going to do it my way. It was a song, wasn't it? I did it my way. 
wonder where he is now. Who knows? wonder where that got him. I don't know. God's his judge, not me. But that song is a song really of death. Yeah, and everyone loves to hear, yeah, my way, that sounds good. It's so boring. <laughs> it's because it's dead. So we can escape this lust of the world. Verse 5, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. You ready for this one? And in your brotherly kindness, love. Where does it start? It starts in verse 2, doesn't it? Can you see the flow of how it works down? If this is in place, this is in place, this is in place, then it says this, For if these qualities are yours, And increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know you can be rendered useless if you have knowledge that's not him? Problem is you think it's of him, but it's useless because there's no life. It's like saying, Here's my stale brown bread, Malcolm. How tasty is it sound? I give it to Malcolm. Malcolm goes, it's crusty. So I'm, going, I'm thinking my bread's full of life. And I give it to him and he goes, it's crusty. It's dry. It's moldy. And I'm not going, no, it's not. Can't you see it's changing me? And he goes, no. But I think it's amazing, but it's not. And it's rendering me useless. There's no life. He's saying, come on, I want to take you from here and I've given you this so this becomes your reality. Who just wants, who wants to be in this overflowing life? See, you have to want it. If we don't want it, then you ain't going to get it. You'll get what you want. Isn't that right? And we go after what we want, don't we? No, yeah. And we get what we want. What man wants, he goes after. We discipline ourselves for what we want. And I'll get what I want, trust me. I'll break down doors to get what I want. The challenge is, do I want him? And if I want him, he promises me a life that is so not of this world. And this is what he says to us in John 6. He says, you know, if you believe in me, you'll never go hungry. And if you come to me, you'll never be thirsty. Are you telling me, Father, that the more I'm in the person, you're going to complete me? Yes. The more I'm in the personhood of Christ, I'm not going to have a thirst for anything of the flesh. Yes. And I'm not going to hunger and desire fame, fortune, identity, needing to be liked, needing to be accepted, 
needing to be wanted, needing all these things to fulfill me, to feel complete as a person, needing to be married, needing to have children, needing to have an income. All those things. Are you telling me, you're really telling me that if I come to the personhood, you're going to fulfill me? Not only fulfill you, son, there'll be rivers of living water coming forth from you for you to be a resource to wash over others who are thirsty, who need to taste rivers of living water, to see the demonstration that it is fully possible to live in a realm of the Spirit called eternal life now. Because eternal life, the Bible says in John 17, 3, is knowing Jesus Christ. He says, yes, son, that's possible. Because all things are possible in me. And the link between those two realities is faith. The link, the bridge is faith. Faith, hope, love. Faith, faith, faith. What did Paul say? I no longer live. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? My ability again? No. Faith. In who? The Son. I know the Son, the person, so I have faith. It's all intertwined. It's all tangled in and amongst itself. It's all Jesus. Everything comes back to Jesus. Every promise comes back to Jesus. Everything you're looking for comes back to Jesus. Build your life on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. On the revelation of Jesus. Who's the mystery? Jesus. Where is he to be? In us. Every treasure, every hidden wisdom of knowledge is contained in the Christ. To know him is why We are here. It's why we exist. It's why we've been given life to know Him. And from knowing Him, only do what He asks us to do. Not good intentions for Him. Only the things that He calls us to do because we know Him, we know the things, those are the things that justify us along with faith, James. A man is not justified by faith alone, but through works and faith. Works that have come out of an intimate relationship with the Father and works that are accomplished by faith in the Son of God, not my ability to do them. Does that sound like a full life? Because we've wrestled with principles, promises, and entered into, in us, life. There are so many principles, promises for you and I. And I know we keep saying the same thing over and over and over, but said differently. Because until we find this life, why would you want more? Because there is no more, it's the answer. We just don't realise what we don't have. We think we have it. (laughs) But we don't. 
But we do. See, we have him, but there's more to him. I'm just thinking about, like, like really one simple one is love. I pray that we would all comprehend with the saints how high, how deep, how wide is this love that goes beyond. And that be within. And then the church would be one. Not 50 versions of it. So we have to, we have to be honest and go, I want the person, I want to move beyond the principle because I can know stuff here I can live from here. When I say here, I mean unrenewed stuff. We have to have the mind of Christ. But the mind of Christ births the life of Christ. So if I don't have the life of Christ, I don't have the mind of Christ. I have my mind wrapped up in his name. We're hearing what I'm saying? So the mind of Christ births life. The mind of Christ comes through the personhood of Christ. The principle leads me to that personhood. Revelation I have the mind of Christ. I live from the mind of Christ. So Father, I pray and ask you to just continue to reveal in us your Son. He is the truth. When Thomas said, we do not know the way, he said, I am the way. And I pray, Lord, as you led Thomas into the way, you would lead us into the way. As you led Peter into the way, you'd lead us into the way more and more. Help us to see ourselves in those men and not think we're different from them. Show us our true state that we may recognise and acknowledge it. But Lord, you'll show it in love because you are love. And so, Father, I just pray the spirit of humility would be birthed in us as we surrender more and more to you. And, Lord, that we would partake of you, the person. Thank you for your principles. Thank you for your promises. And may they lead us into your nature, your personhood, that this life be in us, for it is for us. And I thank you that you haven't left us. Nothing separates us from you. And you've laid your life down for us to experience this life now. And so, Father, we surrender again and we say we want to know you. Know you, know you, know you. In the name of Jesus, receive his life today. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be restored. In the name of Jesus, I pray hope would come into you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray life would come into you right now. If you're struggling today, I pray life would come into you right now. In the name of Jesus. Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give to you. I give to you hope. I give to you the peace that's in me. I give to you the joy that is in my life, in my heart. I give to you in the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, in the life of Jesus. Believe, receive.
seek. Change us, Lord. We ask these things in the name of Jesus this morning. And we believe together.